Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, all right, what is going on, everyone? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado, and we're doing things a little differently now. If you watched last week's episode, kind of going to introduce everybody one at a time here. I apologize in advance for my light. I changed my location a little bit in my house here, and it obviously isn't a great idea, but uh, no time to fix that now. So as always, bring in our co-host, Jibs. What's going on, man? It's going good. Nice Thursday evening. I'm ready to talk some fantasy for another fabulous week. And I'm ready to rock out with our uh, fantastic guests we have today. Yes, Jibs is right. We do have two very fantastic guests today. Like I said, if you guys didn't see our Twitter comment earlier today, you know, we see, you know, I've seen a lot of things on Twitter over the last two years since I've been very active on there. And I've seen a lot of, you know, not say, you know, positive vibes to women in the fantasy world. So, you know, I figured, you know what, we have to have a whole month and bring on a ton of female guests on and talk about, you know, how powering it is to be a female in the fantasy world here and why, you know, we should embrace this and how they're amazing. And I've seen these two ladies and what they've done in their content and they're fantastic. And that's why I had to bring them on to start the month off here, women in fantasy sports. So I'm going to start with our first guest, Victoria. Welcome to the show today. Hey guys, thank you so much for having me. Seriously, I'm so stoked. And the list of guests that you have for the rest of the month are outstanding. Can't wait to see the rest. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And let everyone know, um, you know, kind of what you're doing in the industry right now, and you know where they can find you on social media. Yeah, of course. Yeah, you can find me at ffb underscore victoria. I'm doing content for Ball Blast Football and Football Guys. Just updated my rankings, PPR and not PPR, actually, for football guys. Check those out. And, uh, yeah, exciting stuff. Absolutely. And then our guest number two is Linda. Linda, welcome to the show today. Hey, guys. Thanks for having me on. I'm so glad I get to share the stage with Victoria. There's probably no We've, like, done podcasts (laughs) where we've, like, chatted about life, but we haven't got to, like, get down and dirty in the fantasy football part of it. So I'm looking forward to it. Absolutely. Victoria was uh, very excited when I, she saw Linda and she was Linda, Linda. And I'm like, <laughs> yes, it's that Linda, Linda. So, <laughs> yeah, I got a text from her. She was very, she was like, we're doing a show together. <laughs> we? we are now. <laughs> uh, Linda, as well as you, you know, let everyone know kind of what you do in the industry and where they can find you on social media. Oh my God, the list goes on. But uh, Monday night, I do a show with some guys I met through Scott Fishbowl last year. Uh, it's a Fantasy Besties podcast, and you can find them on Twitter at Fantasy Besties. Monday night, we're going to weigh a Scott Fish 11 invite. So if you haven't gotten in and you're signed up, uh, check out our page to see how you can get in on that. And then Wednesdays with Troy and John Bauer and Mitch Sorensen, uh, I do Fantasy Football Confidential at nine Eastern and we have a pretty good time and we've had some pretty great guests over the last several weeks. So that's awesome. Like I said, guys, two fantastic guests on the show for today. So uh, we're going to ask you guys a couple questions to kind of start the show off and then we'll get into our main topics for the day. Uh, you know, first off, you know, why do you ladies love fantasy football? Tell everyone why you guys love it. 
you want to take take this one first? Sure. I love um, being trolled online personally. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just kidding. That's the not fun part. Sorry. Well, that's the later answer. Um, no, I love I'm I'm a CPA. I'm an accountant. I love numbers. And I feel like that's what drew me to it at first. My at uh, one of my last jobs here in Texas, my boss was like, you got we need one more person for our league. We need to do it. I'm like, I don't I just watch the bills. I don't know what I want to do. And um, he's like, just join. I said, OK, the bills are going to suck this year. So might as well get into other teams where it'll be fun. I can get to know them, et cetera. So it's basically to to heal my pain of being a Bills fan. Obviously, I don't need that anymore. Hey, yo. Uh, just kidding. We only had one good season. I know. I get it. I get it. Uh, but, yeah, that's why I love it. I, I love the competition, too. I'm sure Linda can speak to that. I'm very competitive, sometimes to a, a fault. So, <laughs> Yeah, uh, I would say that the competitiveness is what, keeps bringing me back because unlike victoria like i i don't like numbers at all i look at them because i have to they make me want to cry and pull my hair out so but i've always loved football um and really got into fantasy before i got into the nfl because my dad needed uh an extra player in a league and he drafted for me because i was working like 12 hour shifts waiting tables i was like i can't draft a fantasy football league he's like i'll do it you just have to do it afterwards and like Beating people that I didn't know from his work league was fun. So it just like amplified beating my buddies from my hometown and shit. Oh, sorry. Hope I can say that. No, You're okay. good. You can curse, do whatever. You know, <laughs> R-rated here. It is what it is. So, uh, but no, fantastic answers, ladies. Like I said, uh, I honestly could say similar things. Honestly, when I first started fantasy football too. So, you know, one of the biggest reasons. I wanted to bring you ladies on is because, you know, I've seen over the last, like I said, couple of years and I've seen some of the bad things about females in the fantasy industry and how sometimes, you know, you guys get a negative rap, which you, I don't understand. You know, you both you ladies are very highly intelligent who put out really great content. So for those, you know, you know, females coming into the industry who want to make a mark of their own here, you know, what kind of advice could you give them uh, that would help them out in the beginning? Oh man, <laughs> that's such a loaded question. Cause like the immediate answer is to be like, ignore everybody and like fade all the bullshit that you get in your replies, but you can't, you're not going to get respect. And like, we've talked about this when uh, Vic did her uh, thing on clubhouse, the, the panel of women and like that being confident in a take, you're going to get called a bitch sometimes. And like, I don't, I'm not projecting, but I would guess that neither of you have ever been called a bitch because you backed up your take. I've been told to like drop my attitude, like shit like that, just for saying like on my side of like my side of the argument for, for putting myself out there. So you can't ignore everything because you have to, you have to have some pushback, but I think finding like a nice home to come back to when, when Twitter gets too loud with strangers like Vic and, and Cooter Doodle and Steph and I have a group chat that when Twitter is too much or we need to rant about something without making a huge deal of it, we'll just send it there and, and say our piece and we can, we can move on. Now, sometimes that ends up being all four of us attacking, but sometimes, <laughs> sometimes we just go, it's not worth it, but it's, it's really important to find, I think a, a home base to always come back to. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I echo that sentiment. That would just be find your people once you get here, because there are so many, so many great people that the the bad and the, the ugly kind of overshadow a lot of the time. But there are some fantastic people on this app. So find your people. Dive in head first, I would say. Every single thing that I took on was completely out of my comfort zone and something I had never done before. And everything was a little scary and intimidating at first, but like a, like a guest spot on a podcast, if you're wanting to get in and you're nervous to do it, just jump in and get on. You don't need a fancy microphone or anything like that. Just hop in and try. And that would be, that would be my, my main advice. And like Linda said, it's hard to you have to have a thick skin to be a female on this app is not for the weak as uh as Steph had had mentioned to me today this app is not for the weak so no again that's fantastic advice ladies uh really do appreciate that and then one last question before we get started here favorite sports team and how many leagues are you guys in oh boy Favorite sports team at oh, all? Football team. I'm sorry, football team. Football. football okay. you're Bills fans. I hate that, Victoria. But obviously, <laughs> squish the fish, baby. Just kidding. Uh, yeah, of course it's the Bills. How many leagues I'm in? I have no idea. I'm, I try not to do so many where I cannot manage them, but it's getting harder to. It gets hard to say no when you've got people in your DMs like, "Hey, we just set up this twenty-five dollars." I'm like, "Oh, twenty-five dollars." That's nothing. <laughs> or all the best ball stuff going on. So I, I couldn't even tell you right now how many I'm in, to be honest with you. Yeah. Well, I'm a Broncos fan if we're talking strictly NFL, but probably if I like had to whittle it down, Oklahoma State football is definitely where where all my homage goes to. But um I don't know how many leagues I'm in. Too many. Uh, <laughs> last year, not including Best Ball or Scott Fishbowl, I was in 33, both Redraft and Dynasty. So. Wow. Wow. See, Jim, oh, I'm not wow. I don't have an issue. You're saying. You're saying. <laughs> I had like 20 last year, and Jim said I had issues. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wouldn't like use me as like a good comparison to judge <laughs> maybe your addiction, but. If you want to, it's fine. <laughs> See, that just encourages me. Like, well, if Linda has 33, then I can get, like, another four, and I should be okay still. So, Jim, we're going to start more leagues up now, man. All right, yeah, start four. It'll be 10 by uh, ten more by September comes. Tell you that one. <laughs> Troy King jumping in here. Oh, hey, we were waiting. For, where's the what's up, y'all? Oh, he, just uh, said, no. he, did, he did say y'all. I see it. Y'all. <laughs> we had Troy King on a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, he was a great time. He's a good guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's his favorite day of the week. Oh, yeah. oh true. TikTok videos. <laughs> I, I checked those out. It was great. <laughs> Troy King. All right. Let's uh, let's get started with our day uh, today topics of the day. Um, news wise, there's really not much to talk about. I mean, you know, there's a whole bunch of hype going on right now. Rex Burkhead joins the crazy, you know, 12 RB system in Houston. Uh, my boy Daz Newsom, the rookie from Chicago, broke his collarbone out eight weeks. Uh, you know, Delaney Walker is making appearance again in life, working out for the 49ers. I mean, there's just a bunch of hype right now. You kind of don't go too crazy about it. But, um, yes, Thursday, Thursday's Troy. Uh, there's really not too much in terms of news going on until maybe Julio Jones gets traded maybe in the next couple of weeks. So we'll see about that. So, But our main topic today, guys, is faith or not and final straw. Basically talking about some of the young players who may not have performed to their standard over the last couple seasons. And it, do we have faith in them still, basically? And some guys who are at the edge of that, it's now or never, or it's never really going to happen. So uh, we're going to start with the 2020 class this past year. 
two former first rounders here, Henry Ruggs and Jalen Rieger. Both guys never really lived up to that round one potential that you saw guys like Justin Jefferson kind of explode last year. Uh, but who do you guys expect to kind of bounce back? Or well, maybe both of them bounce back. Uh, Linda, we'll let you go first on this one. Man, I don't know that either has like super bounce back ability. I am not the Hertz truther that Miss Vic is, so I won't speak on that. But I am a little concerned about the passing tar- like uh, volume in that offense. And uh, after they drafted Smith, I think that and everybody's got all these high expectations for Goddard. I just think the passing volume in that offense makes me a little nervous. So and Rugs is like so cheap. And while I'm not super high on any of the targets on that offense besides Waller, uh, if I'm going to draft one, it's definitely Ruggs because of the discount that you can get on him now. Okay, no, love the take there. Victoria, you're on the opposite side, it seems like, here possibly. Is it Rieger for you? No, actually, surprisingly. I. They're both, like Linda said, I'm not sure if they can come out from the fire there this year. I think for – I'd, I'd – I'd hang my hat on the rug side. I'd rather have a flyer and John Brown, honestly, though, on that team. I know he's new and rugs may know the system, may know the system more, but I think John Brown's going to be sneaky this year uh, as a, as a late round target rugs was just that boom. When you say boom or bust, that's Henry rugs. He is boom or bust. His floor is, is nothing or, you know, an okay game, but he only, I was just looking up his targets. He only had 43 targets and 26 receptions last year, which is kind of wild. I would, I was expecting, I, I'm not a, I'm not a Ruggs fan, so I didn't, didn't know that, but I was expecting a little bit more than that. Neither of these players excite me at all, but I'd rather take the flyer on Ruggs talent wise. Uh, and Rager was hurt a lot of the year last year, so. I don't know. I, I like Smith so much better. And like Linda already mentioned, Goddard is one of my guys as well this year. So that's probably where most of the targets are going. And the Eagles have a pretty tough schedule to start out the season. They have the easiest strength of schedule, but their schedule to start is pretty tough. So, Our boy, Jibs knows all about that Eagles schedule. I'm sure off the bat here. So we got to do so far, but Jibs, are you joining the ladies on rugs or are we going the opposite direction here? It depends what you're like asking about. Like if it's like if I've had to bet the line on like me drafting an A or B player for a redraft league, I'm gonna go with rugs because I'd rather just take Smith. But like I'm more optimistic for um Jalen Rager just because they're gonna move him to the slot and then you definitely have another at least a, a pretty good talent in Devontae Smith outside the court corresponds in defense and take some coverage away. So I'd like those two moves to be frank, but it's apples and oranges. They're both kind of like the same speedster, deep, uh, deep threat kind of player. But the Raiders is Waller, and then obviously Nelson Aguilar is gone, so it could bump up Nelson. I mean, um, Henry Ruggs's uh, opportunity. So I think he has a better shot for bouncing back. But I'm gonna go with my man still. All right, I think I'm gonna join you there, Jibs. Unfortunately, uh, like I said, both these players, they're obviously gonna see an increase in targets this coming season. Here, they both were under 50 targets at least, and they're likely gonna increase this coming season. But with rugs, for me, it's 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 a it, that boom and bust thing kind of scares me to way too much. I feel like either he's gonna go for a long bomb, and that's that's really it. I don't see him ever being that guy who's gonna be you know taking those slant routes, going things across the middle of the field because they have Darren Waller. They have Braylon Edwards, who's supposedly going to step up. They 
brought in John Brown this coming season here. And then you bring a guy like Kenyon Drake in to make the run game. I'm not really sure what they're doing with that, but um, I, I just can't see him as a guy who you could ever feel confident to start on a week to week basis because of that boomer bust situation where Rager, I think he still has an opportunity. You know, one thing I really like about a wide receivers is their route running and Rager coming in had a really strong route running ability when I saw on film at least. And I think if he can get things going, while I still like Devontae Smith better, uh, he's going to see the, the least, the lesser of the coverage and have that opportunity maybe to kind of show that talent that he was a first rounder. Again, the injury prone thing, hopefully that doesn't linger. Um, but I'm going to have to go regular on this one myself. I'd like to start a petition to abolish the term. Like you're not going to feel confident about that because you're talking about a dude that you're getting as a flex option <laughs> or a wide receiver three. And you name me a couple besides Cortland Sutton right now, who's falling insanely far in drafts. There's not a single wide receiver three that I'm confident about starting. We are guessing, educated guesses, but that doesn't, confidence does not, I think that's a bad barometer for, <laughs> for how you pick, pick fantasy players. I just After think we always like, never mind, I don't want to play anymore. <laughs> we always no. tend to have our favorite, like, wide receiver threes, like our go-to options and drafts, but, like, I'm not going to be, like, taking up the discount yeah. bag, <laughs> the bin and rugs and rager, though, like. No, I'm sorry. Of- no, no, they both have that boomer bust potential. That's for sure. So, if you're considering Corey Davis as a wide receiver three, I would be all up on that, though. That's not, a consistent option. There. Not like gonna that. lie, not gonna lie, but we'll move <laughs> on. Consistency up there, I like that. All right, over to the next one here, and these are a lot of round two wide receivers that really never took that next up in year one. I mean, you could say Chanel had more of a success than a lot of these guys, but. You know, K.J. Hamler, Javicius Chanel, Van Jefferson, Denzel Mims, and Brian Edwards, even though he's, a, I think, a third-round pick. Um, none of these guys really lived up to that round two hype, whatever, that hype that had in the offseason here. Uh, which one of these guys do you have faith that could kind of make that jump still? Uh, Victoria, we'll let you go first on this one. I'm going to start off by saying I hope one of y'all pick uh, Chenault so I can hear your take on that because – I feel like the community itself is very high on LaVisca Chanel for this season. And I just don't, I'm not understanding it or seeing it. I've read a couple of articles. I always try to see the other side. So I don't want to be not, you know, uneducated on the player. So I hope one of you pick him. If you don't, that's okay. But out of this group, I'd probably, probably go Mims here, which is gross. Cause you know, it's, he's on the Jets offense. Fine. But they have brand new everything, brand new coaching staff, brand new guys on the offensive side, the defensive side of the ball. He was a t- he is a talented route runner, very 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 talented dude, and just didn't really get a shot last year. Uh, so if he's got Corey Davis on the opposite side of him, I think that he has a really good shot to produce this year. It all will lie on, of course, Zach Wilson and how he performs. But I think out of this group, I think I'm the highest on Mims for sure. No, I love that there because I'm going to talk about him in a little bit. But uh, Linda, you're on the you're on the next. I wholeheartedly agree about it being Mims. I will say on Chenault, I feel this very similar to you in that like everybody is super high on any piece of the Jaguars offense and. I don't trust Urban Meyer further than I can throw basketball. Okay. I don't know that I don't even know that he makes it a full year at this point. I'm so out on that offense because I'm so terrified 
of what <laughs> happens. He's running running backs at wide receiver routes. He's giving uh, who knows. I'll take I took Marvin Jones today in the 18th round because for all I know, he's ends up the wide receiver one. And um, so I'm not touching anybody that especially a gadget guy like Chenault. We just they already have James Robinson. Now they've brought in ETN like that's taking half of what's glorious about Chenault away. Uh, I'm I'm good on Chenault. So sorry if I <laughs> I did the exact opposite of what you asked me to do. <laughs> okay, that's okay. That's epic. I just tweeted though. They just quoted Urban Meyer saying D- DJ Chark was quote a big guy who played little last year. <laughs> Who says that? Wow. That's so mean. You're so hard. <laughs> I mean, that tells you something about DJ Shark, though. <laughs> I remember Miles saying that, though. I, I take oh the bad God. things. Oh my God. Seriously, but there. Fucking ding. I want to see it in uh, first press conference. <laughs> Oh, Seriously, piece of work. It's like, is that a is that a compliment? I don't yeah, think so. No, I'm gonna marinate on that one last year to me. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What do you guys think, Jibs? Who do you got on this? I'm, I'm not sure who. I, you I, I don't know. I love the Mims, but I don't want to go there. I'm gonna go with Van Jefferson just because, like, so many people left town. Uh, I, I know it's gonna be the Robert Woods and Cooper Cup show, but Josh Reynolds last year got 60 plus targets, so that's definitely gonna outbeat his production last year. So, as basically as the um, question is phrased, like, I think he can make a step up from his year one production. All right, I love the, the quarterback. Care. Everything is looking nice for him. And like That's you crazy. read Twitter, oh, Matt Stafford threw a laser to Van Jefferson in the end zone. It's like, okay, but you can't buy into all that crap. No, I love buying into that crap. It's my favorite part of the offseason. <laughs> uh, I, I try so hard not to listen to it, but I get so excited. I'm like, yes. Oh, man, like, just well, any kind of football. Well, unfortunately, I really don't have another person outside of Denzel Mims. I'm on the same page with Denzel Mims. Uh, The one thing I really liked about Denzel Mims, the one stat I found was that, you know, Denzel Mims, he kind of was that downfield field stretcher type of wide receiver coming out of college here. And one thing with Zach Wilson, who obviously I'm in somewhat uh, fantasy love with, uh, you know, the balls that he threw 30 plus yards, he threw 20 of 27, 74% completions. That was 1% better than Joe Burrow did his 2019 season. So Zach Wilson can get the ball downfield. And if Denzel Mims, as long as he can stay healthy this year, I think that was his biggest issue with the health. Uh, he's in, I think, for a pretty big season here that people seem to be continuing to kind of sleep on. Vic, unfortunately, I don't have anything nice to say about LaVisha Chenault. Jibs kind of knows about that. Hated him last year as well. I, really, I did not. I was bashing him last year. I did not see him as a, as a strong wide receiver in fantasy. Maybe a good wide receiver in terms of for the team, but not for fantasy. But none of these other guys really, for me personally, stand out outside of Mims. So. And uh, now we're going to go over to Vic. You're one of your players here. Zach Moss, a beloved Zach Moss of the Buffalo Bills here. Uh, but Jibs, we'll let you go first on this year. So does Zach Moss take the next step and join this amazing 2020 running back class? Nope. <laughs> and uh, it's just like, I, I like talent. I'm like, sorry, Vic, but like, just stop. So, like you have Stefan Diggs, like this man gets like 160 targets. He's like the, literally the engine of the offense. Obviously Josh Allen is super efficient. 
whenever like he's passing like plus 300 yards and then when he does get in the end zone i feel like if those running backs aren't getting a touchdown within the 10 yard line they're screwed because josh allen could either throw it in or do like a nice little fade to a tight end typically so and then he's splitting work with devin singletary if he can overtake the job and become like a majority like leader i'm talking like 65 percent uh share of rushing duties plus there's no shot is happening it's just going to be another middle in ba- you're basically getting if you combine them i think it would be a good running back but like you're getting two like low running back three slash fours but you got to hit on those kind of players and late in the drafts and they kind of do give you value for your team so you got to take your chances but i'm not taking my chances with them all right. All right, Chips. Nice tonight. Nice negative talk about Zach Moss. Okay, there. Uh, Linda, we're going to let you go next on this one. What about Zach Moss? Uh, I feel pretty similar. Neither running back really excites me because Josh Allen is the goal line back, and that's, like, my favorite. You know, that's that's a thing you want out of your running backs. That's why I don't draft Chiefs running backs. They're not regularly on the goal line because Pat Mahomes is throwing 20 yard pass uh, touchdown passes. And when they do get to the goal line, Andy Reed draws up some funky play where Pat Mahomes is the one catching the touchdown. So um, I just, it's a thing I tend to fade, but I also am a kind of a zero running back truther. I'm not like, Ooh. I'm not like, just, I'm not like toxic about it. I'm more like like robust running back. Like I'll take my first one and then I'll just like wait forever and I'll load up on dudes like Zach Moss and Philip Lindsay and all these guys that have are essentially free, especially in like dynasty that are essentially free that I, uh, I can throw into the lineup if I need an RB two. but I just, I prefer to stack up on my wide receivers. So I love him for that factor because I'll end up uh, with a lot of, a lot of Zach Moss in, in later rounds. I tend to do the same thing, Linda. I tend to draft one running back and then figure it out from there for the rest Better of the Exactly. <laughs> uh, Vic, uh, are you going to be the truther of this Zach Moss situation here, or are you with everyone else so far? I'm not. Honestly, uh, not, not going to be the truther. I'm not. I'm, I'm a, obviously, I'm a big Bills fan, but I can't be blindsided. That's not That's not what a good, uh, good fantasy player does. So, I mean... <laughs> Bills ranked 25th in the league last year in yards gained solely by running backs. So they probably had a better stat if you included Josh Allen in that in that statistic, right? But and they also had the fourth highest percentage of runs that were stuffed for zero or negative yardage. Yet so that's an O-line and a and a running back problem. I just don't see a world where, as you guys already mentioned, Moss being on the goal line as much as we need him to be to fill that running back to uh, void that we need on our teams. That being said, I have the fantasy football calculator ADP up for half PPR uh, redraft. He's going in the realm of Philip Lindsay, Zach Moss, Tony Pollard, JD McKissick, Naeem Hines. Would you guys take a shot on him there? over any of those dudes are you still like nah i'd rather just take maybe tony pollard as a a handcuff i literally have i have handfuls of all five of those running backs. <laughs> i'd no. probably take pollard i'd rather have that opportunity that he gets he gets hurt or something and pollard jumps in than have zach moss for the entire season yeah 
Yeah, it, it's very it's very tough. I don't see myself having very many shares of of Moss there because too you you're, it, that this is in the eighth or late eighth to the ninth round of a redraft, and there's other wide receivers here that are valuable. There's tight ends here that are valuable. You can take a quarterback late here. I, I don't see myself really having him in very many leagues this year unless it's like he drops so far where the value is just exactly okay, okay so. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it too. Like I said, my biggest thing about Zach Moss is that he's got talent to him to some extent, but it's the injuries. And I obviously, Jibs knows this. I hate running backs with injury problems. And when he was coming out of college, injury thing was a big red flag already. And then he gets injured his first year in the league. So I just can't trust a guy like that who's gonna who's had injury history already to stay healthy for an entire season here, even with him splitting time. So. I'm out on Zach Moss too, so that's that's awful four for Zach Moss. Sorry, buddy, man. Coming oh, uh, strong from the Devin Singletary truther, former, 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 former Devin Singletary truther. That was a bad. That was bad last year. I really messed that one up. So, oh, that's okay. Everybody <laughs> messed up on him. This year, I don't know who my this my guy is this year. I, I don't know. I'll figure that out. But it's definitely not Devin Singletary, Singletary was a much better flag plant than all of my Jordan Howard shares, who are Aww. still staring at me <laughs> in disgust. <laughs> I, feel, I feel that pain as well. Jordan Howard really let me down. All right, and one last thing for the 2020 class here. These are some running backs that kind of got drafted later in the draft, who you know at times had opportunity or thought to have opportunity. Uh, and Keyshawn Vaughn, Darrington Evans, Joshua Kelly, LaMichael P. Ryan. Uh, does any of these guys still present some kind of faith in them that they could maybe rebound in this coming season here? Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Linda, you're going to go first on this one. I got to tell you. It's a strong word. I don't have a whole lot of thoughts about any of them, which is concerning. Like, if I don't feel strongly one way or the other, then you've faded far enough into the back of my mind that I'm not really worried about you making a huge impression in a fantasy football landscape. I, Let's say it was in Dynasty, though, and you need, you need to have one of them on the end of your bench there. And it's Darrington Evans, uh, P. Yeah. Ryan, probably, probably P. Ryan. Just... Uh, you know, but again, I, it's it would be like a close your eyes and spin kind of thing. I'm I'm not taking Keishon Bond anywhere. I'll hard pass on any running back really in uh, Bruce Arians' offense. So, I, yeah, I guess I'll go P Ryan. P Ryan. Oh, we got one for P Ryan. I love it, uh, Victoria. If I had to take one for Dynasty, I'd take Darrington Evans. Uh, I I'm a bigger Ty Johnson fan than Pirine. I don't know. I know I won't spoil the show sheet. I know we'll talk about Jets running backs later, but I'm definitely a bigger fan of Ty Johnson. I think he has a better shot, especially with the reports coming out lately. I don't even think they mentioned mentioned Pirine's name in, in one of them that I saw recently, which was kind of weird. Um, also, Kijan Vaughn, Bruce Arians came out and was like, yeah, he's going to be, he's going to have a shot. This don't believe one freaking thing. Gio Bernard. Man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right? that Do not. And I'm with Linda. Don't draft. If you can avoid it, don't draft Bucks running backs. They were just a freaking nightmare last year to decipher who's going to start. Kind of like San, the San Fran backfield too. Joshua Kelly, when he had the shot, 
he was performed very poorly when he had yeah, the one great. <laughs> yeah, it was it was not really fun. Bad. So. Very bad, very bad. Yeah. Jim, my friend, what about you? It hurts me to say, like, I was planting my, like, flag on uh, Joshua Kelly and just seeing him grind out 20 carries for, like, 60 yards, like, week after week in the uh, start of the season. Oh, my God. But if I had to pick out of uh, those four guys, and I have no faith in all of them in redraft, but I'm going to go with Darian Evans and Dynasty. If you look at everyone else's situation, you have, like, four, five running backs. You got Tevin uh, with you got uh, in uh, the Bucks. You got Ronald Jones. You got Leonard Fournette, Keyshawn Vaughn. Keep going. Then like Kelly has Eckler. They picked up um, what two running backs this year in the draft: P. Ryan, Michael Carter, Devin Coleman. There's just so many mouths to be fed. Meanwhile, you just have Derrick Henry, who they're gonna run till his wheels fall off. And Peter, I mean Evans, probably had like maybe 30 carries if anything last year his legs are fresh Third half the season. <laughs> so i don't know but i'm gonna go with evans if it has to be a dynasty perspective yeah i'm kind of on the same boat evans is the only one that i think at this point especially in dynasty that i'd rather take the shot on right now because i think if anything he could have an, a, a role in this offense i know derrick henry's there and he's gonna have like five thousand carries but <laughs> evans Evans was like the opposite back. We were talking about it last year, literally the opposite kind of back of Derrick Henry here. And, you know, everyone's talking about Derrick Henry's decline, decline, decline. Uh, if he's going to decline, which I don't believe he's going to decline, that means Darrington Evans, or I think he's the second best running back on this team outside of Henry. He should have an opportunity here to kind of do something. He's not going to be a guy who grinds the ball down the field, but he has that home run threat ability. So his game there and, if he sees maybe like, you know, five or six carries a game, he could end up taking one of them 50, 60 yards. So um, if I'm going to hold somebody, I think he's on Darius and Evans probably on waivers everywhere in Dynasty probably. Or if you're looking for if you're a deeper man league and redraft, he's he's probably the best option out of this bunch here. So he's the faith I'd have left on him. So I got a buddy that's a P. Ryan truther. So maybe he's just like in my head at this point. <laughs> I like I don't know, I've heard that name a lot. <laughs> I do like P. I did like P. Ryan coming out last year. Just that Michael yeah. Carter is there now, and I think it's going to be Michael Carter at some point. Yeah, at some point. So who knows when? All right, right. off the bat. Hopefully, <laughs> that's what that's what the beat writers are saying. Right off the bat, Michael Carter is going to be the RB one for this team. So. All right, so over the 2019 class now, and this one's interesting because I feel like everyone is it's one sided, but maybe not. Maybe I'm overthinking it, but. Would you rather have right now, moving forward, let's say in Dynasty, Nicole Harmon or Paris Campbell right now? Um, let's see. Victoria, you go first on this one. Oh, they're both gross again. <laughs> I think I would – I hate that I'm saying this because I usually am out on Hardman, but I think I'd go Hardman here because – because of the opportunity, I, I guess Campbell has an opportunity as well. They didn't bring in anyone crazy, but with Wentz there, I feel like he likes to throw to his tight end more, probably the running back a little bit more. Hardman, Hardman's shown flashes. He just hasn't ever had that consistency. And I think you could get personally more if you were trying to trade for him. I think you could use his name in a trade more get more value than you could with Paris Campbell, to be honest. And if that's because he's a chief, I guess, then that's fine. But I'd take a flyer on Hardman over Campbell, I think. 
And that's a good way to spin out with the trade value too, because you could always just sell them if you, even if you don't believe in them. So I like that. Take the Victoria. Linda, what about you here? Are you on the same train? No, God, no. I wouldn't draft McCole Hardman if you paid yes. me. I think <laughs> I think like a week ago I said on a podcast that I'd rather take a flyer on Pringle than McCole Hardman because I feel like he's flashed more than, than Hardman has. I just don't trust him at all. Um, and, like, I think there's a difference between no confidence and absolutely being like, I'm not putting that guy in my lineup. I'm not taking the chance. I'm not going to do it. I'm not going to watch him miss huge passes again and again and again or be outshadowed by other no names on that team. But I will, Victoria is right in that he definitely holds more value uh, when you're talking about him because of the team that he's attached to. But um, I, I, Paris Campbell, you're, you know, Wince is there and sure we've, we've seen uh, his, his trend is to pass to his tight ends and, you know, maybe, they do that all over again, but in the off chances they don't, you know, the Colts have like 12 tight ends, so who knows, but, uh, you know, taking a flyer on a guy in a, in a new offense or with, with kind of a new weapon in that offense that is going to dictate things a little bit more. I have no problem. If I'm going to swing on one of them, I guess I'll, I'll swing on Paris camp. Campbell. I'm a new best friend now, Linda. I love it. Love it. <laughs> now, Jibs, I already know who you're going to say, so go ahead. Well, Make your piece. I- it, it hurts me to say, like, I I love Paris Campbell. Like, if he had, like, a shot last year and didn't get hurt, I think he would have been a hot commodity this year. I'm going to go with Hardman. Just same with, like, Victoria. Like, it's opportunity. Like, the Colts didn't lose anything on that offense. Like, T.Y. Hilton's still staying there. Zach Pascal's still there. Second leader, wide receiver uh, that was targeted. Michael Pittman emerged late last year. I'm sure they're not going to kick rocks on him either. So, they're going to be fighting for playing time there. I'm sure Hardman isn't, like, the most reputable wide receiver and he's a gimmick wide receiver, but with the loss of Sammy Watkins and sure Brian Pringle could like make some impact or you could see a little bit of the, um, what's uh, the Marcus Robinson show, but still like with that Chiefs offense, I know they'll probably end up scoring more passing touchdowns than the Colts will due to their rushing prowess. So I'm going to go with that. Uh, you love Nicole Harmon, man. You just you could have put you could have put freaking. Uh, He's your Devin Singletary, man. He ain't my Devin Singletary. <laughs> Paris Campbell's gonna get like fifty targets this year, and then we're gonna be scrapping. No, I don't think so. See, that's that's why I'm on the Paris Campbell side more confidently. And one thing that really made it stuck out for me was I was listening to a podcast maybe like a week ago, and someone said that if Michael Harmon at this point of his career, two years now, hasn't been able to stay consistent enough on a Chiefs offense, there's something there. Why hasn't he not been able to succeed there over a guy like Sammy Watkins, who just really doesn't have it at that point of his career here. And I think it's because he's not the number two on this team or the number three per se. He is, I think, what he is at this point, a gadget guy who has played special teams. And if Terry Kill goes down, Mikko Harmon will thrive in their same role that me, that Tyree Kill plays. And that really stuck out to me because I kind of, I do really believe in that with Paris Campbell. I think there's still opportunity for him. Yes. The injuries over the last two seasons are not good for him, but you know, Carson Wentz has success with guys in the slot like George, uh, not George, Greg Ward, who was with the Eagles last year. You know, he succeeded. He's kind of been a name over the last two seasons and Paris Campbell's talent alone is, is way better than Greg Ward right now, if you could say so. 
I think if he can at least stay healthy, I think I'd rather take the shot on him because I don't because of the unknown. I think at this point, you know what you're getting from Michael Harmon and it's not great consistent enough. So I'd rather take the shot on a guy like Paris Campbell right now. I like my favorite thing to do is like write down verses and then look at it at the end of the season. Yeah, let's, let's bet it down, Steve. <laughs> bet it down. Bet it down. Yeah, absolutely, man. Paris Brown Campbell. Royal, one bottle. Let's get it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. I'm done. Let's do it. That's a bet right there. I'll write it down. All right. All right. All right. So let's keep going here. Let's see where we at here. All right. This is a fun one here now. So the next guy on our list here is a wide receiver who has definitely flashed and has definitely been good at times. But Debo Samuels going into year three now, you know, he really came on strong at the end of his rookie year and he was in and out of the lineup this past season with injuries. But is he ever going to be a guy who can be a reliable option week in and week out, especially with the core that's there now, the switch at quarterback, the run first offense. Uh, Jibs, do you believe in Debo Samuels to be a guy still? Is it, or is it rather to get out now for a moment? I think it's good to get out now. Um, it's kind of be hard to get out now with like his injury concerns and um, over the last two years. But like for me, I think he's going to be like the most, a second, maybe third option behind Kittle, of course. And then like I'm a little higher in Ayuk than others. So like I think like he's just going to be like a, like a low A dot kind of receivers. And we've seen bright moments where Debo paid up to par, but like he's just not on the field enough. And if you want, for, for him to be a consistent option, like you have to be playing healthy and you have to be in games. You can't just be missing four games as a, a stretch of the season, come back, play for one, be hurt. So I don't think so. Nothing to do with like his talent or anything. Like he's a phenomenal athlete. Wow. Wow, man. Wow. That's a big That's a big shocker right there. I didn't expect that from you. Okay. Okay. Let's see. Linda, you're up. Do you believe in the Debo Samuel life? I like Debo Samuel. I think he'll be fine for real football. I think he's great for, for your real football team. If you're a 49ers fan, you're happy that you have him paired with Ayuk. But I think I think Ayuk's going to be uh, that wide receiver one. And like Jeb said, then you've got Kittle and that run-first offense. Uh, and a quarterback now that has legs and, and is a rushing quarterback, has that rushing upside. So um, I'm probably going to gonna fade Debo. Okay. Okay. We got two no's on this one. Victoria, are we going to go yes? Or are we, are we sticking on this uh, no train right now? The only reason I'd stick on the no train is I was looking at where he's going near other guys. And I, there's so many others. I'd rather take a flyer on the Debo. I will bring up a point. I, I think I was listening. I forget what pot it was, but they referenced that when Debo came back from injury last season, I think Shanahan was like, we built the game plan for this particular game around Debo. Like we were, they were going to him early and often. And then I think he got hurt again. I, f- I forget when that was. That was very interesting to me. So I'm, I'm wary on both him and Ayuk because obviously everyone Ayuk's the hot thing. He was f- flashing for weeks, weeks straight last year, having like 20 PPR points per game when he was healthy. It was wild. So Debo's a good value, and you can argue maybe he will be the wide receiver one still. But the best, the best thing for a player for us is availability. So if he's hurt all the time, you're not gonna be able to use him. I'd rather take there's guys here that I'm looking at again half PPR, ADP going around the same guys as Brandon Cooks. Kidding me? Completely undervalued. That team's going to be garbage, right? Houston's going to be garbage, but I'd still rather take Cooks if he's going to be the number one on the team. 
He's going around Robbie Anderson. I don't know about that. Uh, Judy, Linda, I don't know how you feel about <laughs> taking <laughs> taking Judy over him. But even the guys that much later in rounds nine and ten, like Cole Beasley, Curtis Samuel, Corey Davis, I'm t- I'd rather. I don't know. He's going. He's just going. Is round eight even? Can I even say that's high? He's going high, too high for my palate. Is what I'm trying to say. So the consistency yeah. is scary too. When you look at his two seasons, I don't know. Only 81 targets in his rookie season. Obviously, only 44 last last year. He barely played. So yeah, and I'm kind of on the guys' the same boat too. The big thing for me is that his rushing drop outside of his injuries. I mean, you bring in. Brandon Ayuk, who can, I think, run even faster than Debo Samuels on those wide receiver end rounds, whatever it may be. And, uh, Jibs, you're right. One cool thing I thought of, I saw about um, Debo Samuels, but all but two of his yards were after the catch. So he's catching balls at the line of scrimmage way too often here. And I just don't see him being that vertical threat down the field with Ayuk and George Kittle already on the team. And if Trey Lance takes over this year, I just think Debo will be a decent wide receiver. It just... He just will never be that productivity that you want in a guy like him that he's flashed in his rookie season. So I'm kind of on the same train as you guys all. I'm just kind of off him. I mean, if I could trade him away, if I can not draft him before round 10, I'll be pretty happy about that. So that's that's really it is. So. All right. And then over the next one here, we're going back to the running back position here. We haven't talked about running backs in a little bit here, but um some of these running backs at this point, now they're two years in, you kind of understand who they are at running back, but maybe there's still a chance for these guys. So guys like Devin Singletary, Darrell Henderson, and Damian Harris all kind of haven't really turned it on as they could have as of two years in the league now at this point. So, Victoria, is any one of these guys still someone you could have faith in? Probably I'd take Damian Harris here. And that's, I hate that I just said that though, but now I have to talk about it, I guess. Can't go back. No take backs. Uh, his value is pretty good right now for what we believe would be a starting running back in the NFL. Cam Newton is cheeks. I'm sorry if you guys like him, but I think Mac Jones will take over and they'll be more balanced and maybe they'll need a rushing game. Whereas Cam is just scrambling because he can't throw because his arm is bum. So I don't know. I think he's a good value. He's probably one of the last guys you're taking that you're like, okay, this guy has the potential to be the the number one running back on an NFL team. I'd rather have him over somebody like Daryl Henderson. We already hit on Singletary. So I guess I would take him there. I hate saying that because I never trust a Pats running back. They're very, Tough to predict, but I think I would take him here in this situation. That's a perfect way to kind of explain the Patriots backfield. So we have one for Damien Harris. Linda, where are you at on this one? I was really hoping I could like mix up my answer and give you something else. But like, (laughs) I can't can't form. I already said my piece on the Buffalo backfield and like, so I'm, I'm out on, on Singletary and I could maybe make a case for Henderson, but I don't really want to, which is an <laughs> issue. I think that should, that's like your first red flag is like, I don't want it to be the case. So I'm just not going to even think about it. 
but like Vic said, the Patriots running back room is always a dumpster fire. I think the first like four years I played fantasy football, I had James White on, and I just kept ending up with him. And every year it was yeah. exhausting. Uh, the year that I had Blunt, though, that was a good year. That was like the only good year when <laughs> when drafting a uh, New England running back. So it's certainly concerning. But like Vic said, a new quarterback, I, I don't think can last the whole year. And I love Mac Jones. Um, so I think uh, I think I'd, I'd take that swing. OK, so we got two for Harris. We got a Mac Jones believer in the building now. I like it. OK, okay. <laughs> Jibs, uh, where's your head on this on this situation here? I feel like he just threw us in a corner. Like he put us to devil snake Terry. Like it's just so, like all a bunch of bad guys. That's, that's the whole point of the episode, man. Um, <laughs> done. You got to kick him to the curb. Yeah, it's. I want to go with Damian Harris. Like I'm going to be done with like, I think Darren Henderson is just going to be like a backup. He's going to get 10 carries a game. If he gets 60 yards, so be it. But Cam Akers is there for that job. And you can speculate. Hey, it could be Damon Harris. It could be one of the other running backs, maybe Ramadre Stevenson, if you like that take. I see a lot of the talk about him, but I'm going to go with that guy who could run. I know he could get me 20 carries, and I know he's not going to make any contribution at all within the passing game, but if he gave me a head start, a hot start in the first start of the season, I'll take Harris and find a a way to deal with him, way to trade or find me a running back on waivers as the season progresses. Okay, okay, okay. I like it. So we got three Harrises. Um, yeah, I could say Harris easily. I mean, he seems like the safe, the safest thing still because he has his. I think he can still have his role in this offense. Still, I, I don't think the the system is out on him just yet because he was not really playing his rookie year. So I mean, this is his real second year and say of a starting role. But I still want to go Darrell Henderson here. I, I think he's just being overlooked a lot. I know Cam Akers there, and he's the new hot thing in LA right now, but. You know, when Henderson had his opportunity and before he got hurt, I mean, he was playing really well. He was a top, you know, RB12 of the first, like, eight weeks of the season here. And then he got hurt a little bit, banged up, and then Akers kind of took over. But I'm not 100% convinced that they're not going to keep it a somewhat of a committee. You know, you lose Malcolm Brown now, who had, like, 98 carries there. That kind of has to mix in a little bit. You have Matthew Stafford, who I think shall open up the offense here to kind of give these running back duo kind of somewhere i think it's going to be closer of a split than people think with acres taking over like a 70 30 i think it's going to be more of a you know 60 40 or 55 45 kind of situation here because i think henderson's versatility in this offense kind of makes him a big playability for this offense moving forward so I, i'd want to say henderson if you still have him or if you're thinking about drafting him late i think he still is an option for you in fantasy could you imagine people <laughs> drafting acres I don't very, want to think about it. Very <laughs> early. Know. And then it's Henderson at the goal line, like week one, week two. Uh-huh. And people are like, Whoa. I don't think it's going to happen. But I've never like attacked Gibson that way at you. So I don't know why you're. No, I love Akers. I love Akers and I will have him Feels on like so many teams, I promise. <laughs> but I was just, when you're talking about him and you're saying a 55 split, I was like, oh my God, the community will. Go Ooh, up in arms. Yeah. They will be writing letters to Sean McVay. You got to put those I already read down. letters to Sean McVay. That's my boo thing. Well, <laughs> <laughs> Henderson has more carries week one watch. Oh, no. Oh, oh my God. God. No way. On Twitter. 
<laughs> All right, let's keep moving on here. Let's see. Oh, this is a fun one, of course. Yeah, this is a pretty big topic, guys. All right. Pepperoni. Is there any faith in Nikhil Harry, or would you rather have a slice of pizza right now? Pepperoni. Yeah. Yeah, hard yeah. pass on Nikhil Harry. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Don't you get sad, though? I feel like, it's goodness. So I, I remember being like watching the draft and being like, why is he falling? Or what are, we, what are these teams doing? Or whatever. And then being so angry or like scared that the Pats got him. And now I'm like, great job, guys. <laughs> Do you guys think he needs like a new situation to like get a reboot? No. Or is this bad? I think he's bad. And I like, I, I don't say that lightly because as a mom, I want everyone to like succeed. Like every rookie that comes in, I'm like, they can do it. But Nikhil Harry <laughs> catches the ball and like sits down. He might as well catch the ball and go straight to like crisscross applesauce. And that's like, he gets like touched and he's like, yeah, no, I'm good. <laughs> yeah. So that's an issue for me. Just like watching him. Yeah. <laughs> A better question is, what's your favorite kind of pizza, right? Yeah. yeah. Ooh, that's a great question. Well, we'll answer that one real quick. I'll go first. Yeah. Since you asked the question, Vic, I'll, I'll go first on this. I rather I just like plain, plain pizza, like just a plain cheese pizza. I mean, if it was like a chicken parm pizza, I'd probably mess with that. But just a plain Ooh. cheese pizza, I, I mess with all day, obviously. It's just a classic. But if there's a chicken parm pizza, wouldn't say no. Dang. I yeah, love you some white slices. Yes, yes, um, white, so good. Hard pressed to say no to any pizza, but yeah, pepperoni is the quintessential in my house. But I do sometimes get the Alfredo sauce chicken bacon mm. situation, which is fire. Wait, that sounds awesome. As long as not a pepper, uh, pineapple pizza in this group here, we're okay. No, but it's uh, not because I just don't like my pineapple to be warm. I like no. my pineapple cold. Like, I don't have a huge deal with it. It's just I like mine cold. I actually like it frozen. You ever have frozen pineapple? No, that's weirdo pineapple. shit. That's just <laughs> as weird as making it hot and putting it on a pizza. Well, you can't, like for smoothies. You can't judging people for that. I got hungry one dessert. I just took it out and I started eating it. I was like, this is good. Okay. He's like eating it like an apple. Putting it in a smoothie is different. You're changing the entire consistency. I'm not taking a bite of a frozen pineapple. No. <laughs> nope. It thaws out. I feel pretty like strongly uh, about this. I didn't know I felt strongly, but I do. <laughs> I'm a weirdo now. I didn't realize it. Yeah, you... <laughs> yeah I didn't know I had that in me, but I apologize. No, you're okay. No, no never apologize weird. for that. No. It's a little weird. All right. So <laughs> let's head over to the final straw here. Now we got two questions left for the day. And this is probably the biggest one at this point because the other one's pretty bad. Actually, no, let's do the other one first, real quick, because this should be pretty easy. Final shot and only these four running backs. They're three years done now at this point. Rashad Penny, Sony Michelle, Carrion Johnson, or Justin Jackson. Is there any faith in any one of these guys still to be somewhat of a option for, in fantasy? Mm. The quick question can uh, you know? Rashad Penny can mm, I like I will never understand that. I have so many feelings about Rashad Penny. And people are like, he did good with his opportunities. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He has not been good at all since he's entered the league and they took him in the first round. And I find it hysterical that my baby Chris Carson continues to prove a point and then signed with him. I'm all about it. But uh, I guess I'm going to 
if I had to like pick one that I thought might do something this season, it would probably be Sony Michelle. And again, it's just because of, of where he's at. So. Yeah, this is a, this is tough. I'm with you. I'd rather take like DJ Dallas in, in, in Seattle, honest to God, over Penny. Uh, gosh, I hate it. I hate it all. Justin, I mean, Justin Jackson, he showed flashes when he was replacing, you know, Eckler at, at certain points and, their line was the worst in the league last year. I did want to say that, Jibs, when you brought up Joshua Kelly. Like, I mean, the line was bad. I don't want to give Joshua Kelly a, an excuse. But, I mean, I think if Eckler were to go down, I'd want I'd want Justin Jackson, though they might not even utilize him and go to a rookie. I'm not really sure. This is all gross is what I'm trying to say. <laughs> Jibs, finish this off. Pass. Just pass. <laughs> That's an option. That is an option. quarterback. You can pass. Oh, my God. It's just poor situation. Like, you got pretty much three injury concerning running backs. And then you have Justin Jackson, who had his fair share. But, like, he just never has been able to, like, make it that lasting impression on the coach and staff. So, no, I'll give it to Justin Jackson. Maybe he has one more shot. I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah, I mean, that's, yeah. I'm probably going to just go Penny because he was a former first round pick. And <laughs> sorry, <laughs> Again, I'm not confident with that pick, Linda. I am not confident with it at all. But if you have to look at all four of them lined up next to each other, Penny has the first round value still in capital. So I mean, if he's on your team, he's probably being paid a decent amount to be there. And if you're going to be on this team by the start of the season. He has an option. Chris Carson, we know, doesn't play 16 or 17 games now. So, I mean, maybe. I mean, he might not play a single game this oh year. Oh, my God. Miss <laughs> me oh. with the Chris Carson injury prone. I didn't say it was injury prone. You said, who's no He plays enough games. It's not an issue. It's not a big enough issue that you need to roster Rashad Penny, who does way less with far more <laughs> carries in comparison to Chris Carson, because Chris Carson doesn't need that many carries. Chris Carson is the RB2 you want on all of your teams. Yes. The guy, dude. With RB1 upside, baby. Hey, let's dude, go. nothing made me happy this offseason like Chris Carson uh, being, comes still being with here. Seattle. Uh, DJ better than Carson. Oh, No, 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 no. Chris Carson isn't a legit running back. No, 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 no. <laughs> I just find it so the tweet funny. is gone now. <laughs> Great troll. No more, I love no it. more now. <laughs> All right, well, let's finish it up here for the night. And we'll go into our last topic here. One last guy who who is actually relevant, but I mean we're seeing it's what the debatable. It's debatable. Okay, it's debatable. I guess we're gonna have to fight about this one here. Ronald Jones at times personally shown flashes, but Leonard Fournette came back. You have Keyshawn Vaughn, who was drafted there, and you bring in Gio Bernard, who is a passing down back, basically. Is there any faith that Ronald Jones can still be something, or is it just not happening in Tampa? Well, would we have to be a move somewhere else? Uh, let's see. Who's going to start on this one? Linda, you go first on this one. I don't have as strong of feelings about Rojo as I do Rashad Penny, so I can keep it pretty low-key. But like I said earlier, Bruce Arians uh, is a running back room that I'm I'm not stoked to be a part of. That being said, uh, I think either one is a great target for 
you're a RB three or a, or a flex option, and they're going far enough. I think that's uh, totally attainable. And for um, best ball, absolutely. I'm I love Rojo or Fournette for best ball because you don't have to make that decision. The lineup does it for you. So I'm definitely targeting more in that that kind of setting. That's a better setting for sure. Our boy Brandon said Rojo RB two guaranteed. Wow. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. Send me your address right now. And (laughs) just kidding. Uh, Vic, you can go next on this one here. Uh, Tell us about Rojo. I'm doing the same thing I've been doing. I'm looking at who else is going before or after him in in redraft. I do agree with Linda, though. Best ball, I'd take the flyer there. It's just Arians is is a guy who's riding the hot hand. And Fournette's not catching balls because he's having a bad day. He's throwing in Rojo, and he's going to go for 100 yards. If Rojo misses one block on third down he's out and he's benched the rest of the game that's just a terrifying thing to have your running back too if he makes one mistake the coach is mad at him he's going to sit the rest of the game so that just scares me he's a talented guy though I would like to see him get that shot this year Um, but he's going before somebody like Mike Davis David Johnson which is trust me it's gross but like somebody's got to try to run the ball in Houston right uh Najee well this might not be a great ADP but Najee Harris is listed here I don't know maybe I would take the take the shot on on him here but I mean if James Connor's going after Rojo I'd rather have somebody like like Connor take the shot there and again these are values that you're trying to hit on that are not maybe not going to be in your starting lineup but you're trying to hit on later or mid to late draft so I don't know I'm with Linda I don't have a strong feeling but depended on how the board would fall to me but he is a talented talented dude and it's fun to watch that's for sure 100 percent jibs uh can you give me some positive stuff or are you on the same page oh no i'll, I'll ride i'll ride rojo out one more year if need be like like uh linda said or both of you guys said i won't want him as a running back too sorry brandon <laughs> you have to be like at least my third option maybe fourth if i like load up heavy on him because I've been through it last year. Like, there's just times where he's just, like, amazing. He gets you, like, 100 yards and a touchdown. And there's times where he's getting you 12 carries and 60 yards and it's ugly. And you're just sitting there watching Leonard Fournette. Uh, we're still boys, Brandon. But um, <laughs> you see Leonard Fournette just take it off the races. And, like, it just hurts my heart to see Ronald Jones, a great athlete, drop balls, like, five yards in front of the – with the GOAT, Tom Brady throwing it to you. It's not like you're getting Blaine Gabbard or some bum throwing you the ball. And you're seeing Lenny just take all, all that opportunity. So – before Leonard Fournette came in there, Ronald Jones thought his stock was going to go to the moon, but now it's kind of just vaulted. So maybe if the fantasy community gets more pessimistic about him, you could get a nice value in drafts. Uh, hopefully that happens. So Ronald Jones sucks, guys. Don't draft him. Let him go back. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if he falls in the right situation, I absolutely would love to have Ronald Jones as my RB4. Three, yeah, I guess, but four to be safe and courteous. For me, it is like I like Rojo. I think he's talented. I think he could be a high-end RB2 in the right situation. But this team is telling us that's not the case. I mean, you bring back Leonard Burnett. Okay, so they're going to split time. They still have Keyshawn Vaughn there. Well, he may not get any work. Who knows? I don't know. Bruce Arians is hyping him up for whatever reason. So maybe he gets involved too. And then you bring in Gio Bernard, who is a veteran who – 
is a pass catching back. So it just takes away the passing value out of Rojo. And it's either he's going to be the guy who's in between the 20s. And you saw at the end of the season, yeah, Rojo was kind of hurt, but Leonard Fournette was taking those red zone opportunities because he just has that ability in him to kind of do different things in that situation. So Rojo, for me, it's just like I love him, but like you just can't trust him enough. And what the offense, what this team is doing, it just doesn't make any sense. So if he stays in Tampa over his career or enlists this season, I don't want to really much to do with him. But if he moves on, I'd be intrigued again with his value moving forward. So, or Rojo. I would, I would much rather my coach be hyping me up, a la Bruce Arians and Keyshawn Vaughn, than my coach say that I played, that I am <laughs> big, but played little. Just so we're like, <laughs> 10 out of 10 times, I would much rather my coach be like, he's going to get all the pass work and then like not get shit. I'd be like, well, at least he said it. It's on record. <laughs> like, or DJ Shark. Or Meyer being like, oh, we really wanted Tony, but then we took Travis. It's, I guess it's fine. <laughs> oh, my God. Imagine what that does to your, like, I don't know. As somebody with, like, no confidence, I can't imagine if, like, if my job was like, well, we we're going to hire somebody else, but they got hired, so we picked you. I'd be like, hmm. I'm not right? my job. Like, <laughs> it would be soul crafting. I feel like a or something. Like, he just says irrational things. Yeah. yeah. Very irrational things. It's, it's really bad. I feel like that uh, Tony take isn't more of a hit at Travis Etienne, but it's a, ha- it's a hit at Sh- Vicious or not. Like, like, they're basically the same type of player, but I mean, Chanel's kind of bigger. I feel like they would do the same thing. So I feel like that's a, like a hit at Chanel saying, like, we think you could do these things, but we'd rather have Tony to do them things instead i don't know that's how i feel about the situation when you just said one more negative mark against chanel before we don't get out of here yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatsoever oh god <laughs> all right guys well that actually gonna wrap our show up tonight so that's uh that's faith or not in the final straw here we talked about a lot of players uh i got called a weirdo at one point uh it's been a really fun episode uh ladies this was a great time uh linda and uh, since you called me a weirdo i'll let you go first i guess <laughs> Uh, let everyone know again where they can find me on social media and uh, anything you might be working on you might want to mention. In fairness, I said it was weirdo shit that you were freezing uh, pineapple. So I didn't technically call you a weirdo, but um, you can find me at Lindellians. Uh, I I need to put back out my form, but I am running an all kicker and punter league this year, just Ooh. kind of for funsies after everybody gave me shit for liking kickers. So uh, I'm going to, uh, we're raising money for for uh, charity and and gonna make some people draft some punters. So I, that's on my page. I will repost it uh, probably in the next week or so. And then, like I said, fantasy besties, we're gonna weigh a Scott Fishbowl invite on Monday. So uh, check out our page at fantasy besties to see how to get in on that action. And then on Wednesdays, you can find me at nine Eastern at ff conf, uh, ff underscore confidential. All right, so give her a follow, guys. Check her out. Just don't let her know if some food might be eating. So uh, (laughs) so thank you, Linda. And Vic, uh, you as well. Let everyone know they can find you on social media and many things you may be working on. (laughs) Yeah, you can find me. Sorry. (laughs) At FFB underscore Victoria. Uh, Doing social media and stuff for Ball Blast. Having a good old time there. And I got a article for football guys coming out soon on austin eckler being my oh my guy this season and why i think so that he'll he'll be fantastic this year so look out for that soon 
Absolutely. So check her out as well. I know Jib is going to check that out because he's a oh, big yeah. fan. Yeah. That's for sure. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and as always, guys, you can check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We got a bunch of things going on. We're going to have some articles popping in, uh, some group articles popping over over the next month here. Obviously, we'll be podcasting uh, throughout the month here for uh, Women's in Fantasy Month. And uh, as always, yeah, check us out on Twitter at Coaches Fantasy. If you want to follow us individually, you can check me out at Coach Stephen P and Jibs. I take Concho. I take Concho with the yawn. I know my boy's tired, so we're going to wrap things up, guys. I appreciate you guys <laughs> for listening. Ladies, thank you for joining once again. And we will see you guys next week for another fun episode. So take care, guys, and have a good one. The bag is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super-duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like Cooper Scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act. Interacting, shh, like boom, running like Zoom. The highest and mighty has entered the room. High off the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered, this nuts is lacoon. Opponents are doomed and these are the facts I keep it 100 like I'm running track I Listen up Jack, I'ma head back Back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up Go!